Hey guys, my name is Danielle and you are listening to All Stitched Up, Words to Love By. Welcome back to episode four on the word labels. When you read through the label of ingredients of your food, you understand why it is important to pray before you eat. That is a quote from Fitness Motivational Quotes. So today, this week's word labels is brought to you by my allergies because I have so many of them and I um, deal with them on a daily basis. So I wanted to share just kind of a history of my um, me coming up with the, the allergy that I discovered about a year ago that has um, been life-changing to me, and it's um, my soy allergy. So I had my open-heart surgery uh, about two years ago, and shortly after my surgery, I started noticing that I was getting um, tingling and um, in my chest and in my lips and in my mouth. And so when I went to the pain specialist, I was describing these symptoms to him, and he told me that it sounded like I had nerve damage, which made sense at the time because it was in the um, around the area of my scar from my surgery and on my chest and up into my to my mouth. So I was pretty desperate at the time because I was miserable. I was waking up every morning feeling almost like symptoms of be- having like the flu where your body just kind of aches and just you don't feel like you don't want anyone to touch you and like the back of my neck would always get sweaty. And so I decided um, that it was a good idea for me to start taking something because I was pretty much miserable every single day. And so I started taking um, the this the medication that he prescribed me, which was called gabapentin. And gabapentin is originally for patients who have epilepsy and have seizures. And so then they discovered um, later on that it was actually helpful for patients with nerve damage. And so um, I have to run everything by my cardiologist because there's a long list of um, medications that will, um, will mess with my heart if I take it because of the medication I already take and just because of my heart condition. So when I asked him if I could take it, he said it was safe for me to take, but he told me to be careful with it because it's it can be addictive and it's very strong at first when you first start taking it. So I decided to start um, taking it one one pill at a time. And so I took it at night before I went to bed so that if I had any, like if it made me sleepy or anything, I could just be able to go to sleep. And so I took it one pill that first night and it did, it knocked me out. It was almost like I was taking like a narcotic or something because it knocked me out. But the next morning when I woke up, I was super impressed because I didn't feel like I was like pulling myself out of a grave. I actually got out of bed and felt amazing. Um, I didn't have any of the pain that I usually was having and I think I even called my mom or texted her like at six in the morning to tell her I felt so good and I couldn't believe it made me want to cry because I was so happy about um, how how useful this this medication was. Um, But I didn't realize that after a period of time, I was going to have to increase my dosage. And when I went to a neurologist to talk to him about my um, my 
nerve damage, he didn't seem to know how long the nerve damage would last, if it would heal on its own. He really didn't know anything. And I told him I didn't really want to be on the gabapentin. So um, he was like, well, if it works, why don't you want to be on it? And I was like, well, for obvious reasons, like, no, I don't want to be on a medication um, and depend on it if I don't have to. So I went, um, I went to back to the specialist, the, the pain specialist and he told me that it was okay for me to keep increasing the dosage. And I got to a point where I probably within like six months where I was up to six pills a day. So I was at two in the morning, two in the middle of the day and two at night just to try to keep my nerve, so-called nerve pain at bay. I had um, talked to a few people about the medication, and a lot of people told me that it was a great um, medication to take for nerve damage, but it's also um, can be really hard on your body. And so, as I was, you know, six pills a day deep into this medication, um, I came across a article. I think it was on Facebook, and it was talking about how they're talking about making gabapentin considered an opioid because it is so addictive addictive and you can easily take too much and it you know it has some of the sim- similar um it relaxes your body it i didn't feel any of those symptoms because i just i think my body got used to it but like i said the first time i took it it was extremely um strong and so um, I could see how it could become addicting to somebody who might be um, have a history of abusing medication. So when I learned that it was um, going to go that direction, I really wanted to get myself off of the medication. But it's not something that I could just be like, okay, I'm just going to stop taking this medication. I gradually increased my dosage every day. So I had to gradually decrease my dosage. And so it was going to be about a six-week period because I had, I was tapering off one pill per day or per week, sorry. And um, meanwhile, I'm going to school to be a holistic kinesiologist. And um, there was one class that we had where we were, you know, just trying to work through some things that we were dealing with personally. And one of the things that I've always struggled with is my eczema. And since I was a young kid, I can remember like having eczema spots all over my body. And so there was at that point, my legs were pretty covered in eczema and it was uncomfortable and it was itchy. And so I just really wanted to figure out what it was that was causing my eczema to be so inflamed at that point. And so we did some um, testing and came to the conclusion that my body was highly allergic to soy. And so I, um, soy and dairy were the two things that were feeding my eczema. So it was causing inflammation in my body. And then, you know, everything that's happening internally in your body can only go so far. So then once it hits your skin, which is your biggest organ, then you know that there's something like really going on inside of your body. It doesn't just happen. And then, um, there's nothing else underneath it. it. There's a root to it. So the root to it was that soy and dairy were feeding my, um, eczema, but I had already stopped eating dairy for the most part. So I didn't believe that it was that. And I really didn't think I was eating that much soy because I kind of had a knew from a couple years back that I was allergic to soy, but I was thinking like things that were straight soy, like tofu and, um, soy sauce and just straight, up soy. But 
I didn't realize that there is soy in almost every single packaged food and condiments and um, dressings and all kinds of things that carry that have soy in as a filler. And so I had to start um, reading labels and stopped eating things that were not that didn't have soy. And within two weeks of me um, cutting soy out of my di- my diet, my skin cleared up. And um, the inflammation in my body, I could feel it was decreased quite a bit. And then I started to feel like I was losing weight, which I had wanted to be lose weight, but I couldn't because I think my body was just in, infl- inflamed so much. And so I started losing weight. And then um, – so then I st- st- stepped into this detoxing of the gabapentin and um, it – was fine for the first couple of weeks, probably the first two weeks it was fine. My body didn't feel any significant like effects, but then it started to get worse as I got to week three and I actually ended up in the emergency room um, because I was having a lot of complications with my breathing. And so I first went to urgent care and because of my history, they didn't want to see me. So they sent me down to UCSD to the um, emergency room to be seen. So when I got to the emergency room, um, my symptoms were just like heavy breathing and my body hurt. And I thought even I've never had asthma, but I thought that it could be asthmatic because of the breathing that and the struggle I was having in my chest. So I um, was seen, they did x-ray, they checked everything and they were literally like, I don't know what to tell you. Like there's nothing that looks wrong with, um, with you. And so I they they'd actually tried to prescribe they pr- were going to prescribe me medication for asthmatic symptoms which when he did that when he said he was going to he couldn't find anything but he was still going to prescribe me this medication then it clicked i was like wait a second my body is probably detoxing from this medication that i'm trying to get off of and that's probably why i feel the way that i do and so i decided to um obviously not take the other medication because I don't want to replace one medication with another. And so um, I just kind of sucked it up. And a week later, it got progressively worse. I was feeling super miserable, um, couldn't get out of bed. And by the last week of me feeling this um, this detox, it was it was brutal. There was like probably four days of just like I felt like I was dying. And I, at that moment, knew why people stay addicted to drugs for such a long period of time because sometimes getting off of medication hurts and is way worse than the symptoms that you originally got on the medication for. And so I knew that I just had to power through it. And so I even went to my uh, my my holistic doctor that I see. And when I walked in, I just told him, you know, I don't, I'm miserable. And he looked at me and he's like, yeah, you look like you're you're detoxing like you look like an addict, like coming off of these medications, like your body is going through withdrawals. And so I, I was actually felt better hearing him say that because then I knew like, okay, there really isn't anything seriously wrong with me. I just have to get through this and it might be a little while. And so I did some things to help, um, help me get through it. And then 
shortly after that, I decided I was going to do um, some, like there's this intestinal cleanser that's very gentle. It's not like the other ones where it just like flushes everything out of me. It was pretty, it was a very gentle one and I've done it before. And so I started, I went and I mixed the little concoction and then I took a big drink of this, um, this, this mixture and immediately my chest started like tingling and my lips went numb and every, all of the symptoms of the nerve damage came back and I picked up the bottle and I looked at the ingredients and the first ingredient that I saw was it was made out of soy flour. So right then and there, it clicked with me that the entire time that I was on gabapentin for nerve damage, it wasn't actually nerve damage. It was a soy allergy that was causing me to have very similar symptoms. And so I was actually relieved because I did notice after I'd gotten off of the medication I was like, well, maybe my nerve damage is fixed because I'd already stopped eating soy because I had figured out months before that I was allergic to it. So then when I didn't have any symptoms, I was like, oh, wow, like, I guess I'm fine. And so um, it was really eye-opening to me to how so many, so quickly we want a quick fix on things, um, but sometimes that creates an even bigger mess for ourselves. And so, um, so I obviously have to read labels all the time because if I don't, then, and I can quickly realize if something has soy in it, cause I'll take a bite and my lips and my tongue and everything will start tingling and go numb pretty quickly. And so I, um, that's a good thing. But at the same time, even if I get a little bit in my system, it takes a couple of days for me to recover from it. And it goes into like making my joints hurt and my body ache. And so it's a whole process. So I do my very best to make sure that I don't eat anything with soy in it. So, um, yeah, I've become kind of that annoying, um, person at a restaurant that has to make a million accommodations for myself and, it gets tiring and I've now nailed down like the restaurants that I can eat at that are easy for me to order from and the things, places that I can't. But um, for the most part, I have to stay out of the cabinet because there's very little thing like things unless th thankfully there's companies now that are um, coming up with ways to not have um, allergens in their food. So one of the things that I've found was, and I found it early on, was um, some snickerdoodle cookies from Trader Joe's. And those snickerdoodles have saved my life because every time that I'm like, I want a cookie, I want something, I need something, it, I wasn't able to find anything because even a lot of things that, because I also have a gluten allergy, things that have gluten that are gluten-free, they still have soy in them. So it was really difficult for me at first, but I found the things that I can eat and I've just gotten used to eating very simple diet. I eat meat, vegetables, and then I have a few things that I can eat that are um, packaged, but I have to read the labels. And so my, um, that the whole soy thing going along with, um, my Yono soy, um, clothing line, which I will come back to in a minute. Um, but I wanted to share how, we, when we're on a diet or for me, I, I have allergies. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have allergies. Um, we have to read labels and, and that's 
be for our own benefit. And so if we're choosing to eat less sugar or reduce our sodium, we have to read labels on all of our food in order to um, know what's in the food. And then if it has too much or it has something in it that we don't want in our bodies, then we choose not to eat it. Um, Or we do sometimes and then we have to pay for it later. But we choose not to eat it. So what I was when I came up with the whole labels thing, we don't just have labels for our food, but we have labels for ourselves. And whether those are labels that people put on us or labels that we put on ourselves, um, and we often just carry those labels because we think that that is who we need to be or who we are because that's experiences that we've had that have created these labels. And so when um, I was thinking about just something that I could say for to people that have, um, you know, struggle with carrying around these labels. Um, I came up with the quote, it is never too late to change the ingredients of the cake if you don't like the taste. You are the cake. So if there are things in your life, labels that you have, like for me, my number one label that I've always carried with me is that I'm defective because of my heart condition. And that has kept me from being able to do a lot of things physically in the past or even emotionally because I'm defective. And I've even taken it even further to I can't be loved unless I am sick or my heart is not doing well. And so I've carried this thing, this label with me, but I didn't like it, but I didn't do anything about it. And so so I've learned that I've had to remove that label from myself. And yes, I do have a heart condition. I do have have had many heart surgeries, but that doesn't that's not who I am. That's not the truth of who I am. And I'm not going to let that those that defect um stop me and make me defective as a whole. So when we when we take away those labels, then it gives us the ability to change who we are and not be stuck in what we what we think of ourselves or what other people think of us. And it goes also like just as much as there's negative labels, um, one of my um, st- my uh, clients and dear friends, Anjali, told me that it can also go the opposite, the other way. Like we too can also get wrapped up in positive labels. Like for us as moms, like we can say, oh my gosh, I'm a mom. That's all I am. I'm just, that's the only thing that I am is just everything about me is mom. But that's not the truth. Like we are moms, but that's not, that doesn't define us as a whole of who we are. And so um, we can have, we can take positive labels to the extreme too and get obsessive and and lose track of what, and lose sight of what, um, we actually are as a whole. And so um, with the whole labels um, idea is when, so I was, we were driving to church a couple months ago and my daughter handed, well, asked me if I wanted the rest of her like protein bar or something that she had. And I said, no, I can't have it. It has soy in it. And my husband said, yo, no soy. And I looked at him and I was, we were both like, oh, there's something prophetic there. And so we just I decided to look it up because I didn't really know what it meant. But 
I looked it up and it says, I am not. And so I decided that that is a prophetic like light for the the labels that we've put on ourselves, and to kind of reverse it and say, I am not defective. So as much as I have a heart defect and I've had one my entire life and I continue to find more things wrong with my heart, that's not me as a whole. And so I'm not going to let that define me. And so yo no soy defective. I am not defective. And so um, I decided to make that a clothing line because it is a good reminder for us all to be able to um, to try to push through the things that we that hold us back because we've been told um, by other people or by our that we've told ourselves that we are these things, and so this is not going to happen. And so I um, I'm going to start selling um, these shirts. I'm going to do a pre-order um, before I purchase any of them so that I can have the the money up front and the things that I'm going to use this um, clothing line for the money for is I'm going to use it to pay for my um, holistic education that I still owe money for and also um, some some counseling and therapy sessions that I've been um, needing to start because of my just the trauma that my body has gone through with all the heart surgeries and you know, almost dying a couple times and all that. So that's what I'm going to focus and put my energy into over the next couple months is um, creating this line for other people to help it change their life, but also um, help to get my story out there and, and share with everybody the the power of, um, of labels and reading labels. And when you remove labels, from your life, whether it be food or your, you know, just yourself, then things become a little bit clearer. Your, um, like my skin cleared up, my health got better. I was able to lose the weight that I needed to lose. Um, and you can just pursue your, the future, um, with a clearer vision, just like a couple weeks ago, the vision. Um, another thing that I, thought of that I wanted to share was, uh, a couple years ago, I, my, I had a client who, uh, noticed something that I was doing a lot of. And so my daughter, who is now 10, when she was younger, I mean, even to this day, she's just full of energy. She is a passionate child. She, um, is driven. She's all, all of these things that now I, I look at and I see that I try to do positive, make them more positive. But before it was like, she's exhausting, she's challenging, she's frustrating. All of these things that I would talk to my client about because she said that she had a, a child that was the same way. And so she told me though, she said, you need to stop labeling her those things because she is going, they're going to stick with her. And it made me think about my own childhood and how I was told I was obnoxious or I was annoying or I was a brat. All of these things that then later on in life, I'm like, well, maybe I am obnoxious. Maybe I am annoying. Maybe people don't want to hear what I have to say. And it has trickled into my adult years then just making me kind of more of a doormat instead of a, you know, productive adult, like standing up for myself. And so she pointed that out to me. And so I wanted just to share that because I think it's important that we do that with our kids too, that we make sure that we remove the labels of whatever people put on them and just 
back it up with positive things about them. Like, you know, my daughter is not bossy. She's a leader. And so it's stuff that we can just make into a positive, but not um, focus so much on even the positive side, like I said. Just making sure that they know that they are leaders and that they are smart and that they are wise and that they can make good decisions instead of saying, you made a bad decision, you are not smart, you failed at school. All of these those things that can be harsh um, and can make them feel like they, well, why, why should I even try if I'm not smart? Why should I even try in school? Which my daughter has, you know, said to me before and I'm like, you're not stupid. You're smart. Like you're very smart. Sometimes we just have to apply ourselves a little bit more, but that's, um, kind of my, my thoughts on just our raising our kids. And it's hard being a parent all the time, (laughs) but, um, but if we can give that, you know, help take the labels off of them, um, at a young age, then I think that they'll be able to, to get through things and not let, words that people put on them in the future, um, not let those affect them long-term. And so, um, I just wanted to, I will, um, be posting more about my, the clothing once we get it, my husband and I get it all situated with the, the website and figuring out how we're going to do it. But for now, I would like, um, any feedback, like I said in the past, um, on, or even any ideas that you might like to see out of Yono Soy. Um, I'm making sweatshirts and t-shirts, but um, I could, you know, I'm open to suggestions for that. So um, now we will go into the Guns and Gooey's flower essences and I will let them take over. What did I tell you you were going to do on my podcast? Oh, oh. Our day. no, no, do that, the rock flowers. Mm-hmm. Do the what? The Bach flower. It's a Bach flower. No idea what a Bach flower Really? Bach flower? Welcome to Guns and Gooey's Flower Essences and Words of Affirmations. Flower essences are exquisitely refined herbal infusions, acting as nature's liquid messengers of inner health and harmony. They are highly effective, non-toxic herbal preparations that address core issues of wellness, especially emotions, stress, mental attitudes, spiritual values, and life purposes, and life purpose. Bringing balance in these areas is a major factor in developing sound mind body health. These essences can be employed in a variety of contexts, from home health care to professional practice. Melancholic. This week's flower essence to go along with the word labels is pine. Patterns of imbalance. Melancholic. Obsession with Past events over emphasis, oh, em- emphasis. emphasis on guilt or self-blame. 
paralysis paralysis due to excessive self-criticism criticism criticism positive qualities self-acceptance self-forgiveness freedom to move forward despite despite past mistakes i accept myself I honor the unique expression of my life, which fall, flows through my me. I have faith in the wisdom of the higher self. I release all feelings of guilt and self-shame. That's a wrap on episode four on the word labels. Matthew 10 says, 20, verse 29 through 31 says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father? But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore you are more valuable than many sparrows. So next week, our word of the week will be overcome, and it is because it's a big week for me, um, and I will share with that, share more about that in the podcast next week. But I hope that um, you enjoyed today's episode and I will see you all next week.